Final hour of the morning show. It's Santa Rico at Randeep Janda. Halford and Bruff in the morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today. Visit your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. Let's bring in uh, our next guest. It is uh, now associate coach with the Toronto Marlies, longtime head coach of the Vancouver Giants. It is Michael Dick. Thanks for this, Michael. Uh, how you doing, coach? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? Uh, we're doing uh, we're doing pretty well. Congrats on uh, on the new gig uh, with uh, with Toronto. What makes this uh, the right spot for you? I, I just think it's the right time. I mean, I guess first and foremost, uh, you know, it's a it's a great opportunity with a great organization, um, and you know, for me, it's a it's a really good opportunity to learn. Um, you know, especially working with guys like like John Gruden and and uh, Eric Wolwood and and obviously uh, you know I'm going to have access to some some uh, some unbelievable resources there so I think uh, you know it's it's the right time I'm going to miss I'm, I'm going to miss the Giants I'm going to miss Vancouver a lot but but looking forward to the new opportunity yeah, uh, congrats, Coach, on the on the new opportunity. And, you know, you've played in Western Canada, whether it was in the WHL, the collegiate level. Uh, you've coached in Western Canada throughout your WHL career. Uh, this is the first foray into the East. Uh, how are you feeling about that move? Well, it, you know, obviously it's a, it's a little foreign. Um, you know, I had a chance to spend three or four days there last weekend and and spend some time with, with the new staff and, and – uh, you know, around, around the facilities and, and the city. So, so it's a great city, obviously a great, great hockey town and, and, uh, you know, looking forward to it. You've been coaching for about 25 years, coach. You're, you're still saying you're learning on the job. How's, how's that work? I don't think you ever stop. It's, you know, I, I don't think anybody's really reinventing the wheel here, but, yeah. uh, you know, you're, all you're doing is, is, uh, you're dealing with a new generation of players and, Obviously, I've got some experience working with some of the younger guys that, you know, are, are going to be evolving into pros. But it's, you know, it's all about it's all about connecting and communicating uh, with new people, and and now it's an opportunity to do that with uh, with pros. I'm sure you know you've talked to a lot of people at the HL level, the NHL level as well. But coaching juniors to the pros, uh, what change do you anticipate in terms of is it going to be communication style? Is there a change? Well, I, I think there is a communication style. I think, you know, the 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 fact that I, I think development at the, at the junior level is is probably the number one priority, and it's you know everybody's you know playing to win, but but I think you know having having development at at, at the front of things uh, in order to win isn't any different at the American League level. So I think I can take some of the experience I've had from here. And bring it forward, but but you're dealing with you're dealing with pros. You're dealing with guys that uh, you know that that are doing this for a living now and and uh, take their craft very seriously. So um, you know, it's, yeah, I, I think just the the communication style and the way you're going to do it is probably a little different. How will you look back on your five years as head coach of the Giants? Oh, very fondly. I mean, I was real fortunate to to be able to coach. Um, with the Vancouver Giants, I mean, lots of lots of great memories uh, from, you know, taking taking a shot at the at the league title my first year there. You know, being a, a goal away from going to the Memorial Cup to to working with some good young teams in the last couple of years. So, uh, but but most mostly just the people. 
you know, it's a first class organization because, because of the people. And, uh, you know, whether it was working with Barkley Parnetta for five years, who did a great job, who's doing a great job as the general manager to, you know, some, some coaches to some phenomenal players. And obviously the ownership group has been, been outstanding led by uh, Ron Teugel. Uh, one of the moments that, you know, you, you mentioned the finals in the very first year, but uh, a couple of years ago, uh, one of the biggest upsets in WHL history when your team took out the Everett Silver Tips. Uh, you know, you look back at that memory, uh, a heck of a coaching job by you. The, the players stepped up as well. Is that moment going to have a special place in your heart? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, you know, it was, a, a great opportunity to, uh, you know, to redeem ourselves after a, a subpar regular season and, and, uh, you know, obviously some, some really big performances from, from some players, but, but overall just, a a great, uh, a great performance by our team. And, and I think it, uh, you know, it certainly uh, rejuvenated things here uh, going into last season. You mentioned, uh, you know, the, there's no reinventing the wheel. I mean, we we know that there's only so many different ways a team can can uh, be uh, can play hockey and the different systems and different things like that. You're always trying to implement maybe some new wrinkles here and there. But uh, is is the most important thing finding, you know, the or marrying the way to play that best suits the talent of of your roster, Mike? I think so. I mean, you know, every year you, 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 you have a certain way you want to play. I mean, you have an identity that you want to play to, um, but a, you know, whether, whether it's the identity that you want to create on the ice or, or the systems that you want to execute or, or the culture that you want to, uh, you know, want to bring forward uh, off the ice, it's, it's all about the people, um, no matter how good a system you have or, or your tactics, or or even the, the values you bring forward, it, it doesn't work without the people. So they're they're the key. How has coaching changed uh, in your time around the game these last twenty plus years? I, I I'm not sure how much you know. You know, I think coaching's changed because because I think in a lot of ways, uh, you know, people have changed, and and maybe the way in the last twenty five years, you know, you could you could do a lot of motivating. Um, you know, through when say making people do things, I mean, you, you, you motivate them in different ways. I think they got to want to do it now. Um, you know, so it's, it's all about being, I think a lot more creative and, you know, in, in, uh, communicating a lot more creative and motivating. And, uh, you know, through that, uh, the, the whole key to everything is connecting. Is there more ways to to try and communicate? Whether it's you know video, I mean iPads, data that you may get uh, from from the rest of the coaching staff. Uh, is there more ways to communicate to the players? Um, you know what needs to be done and, and how to go about doing it. Well, there's a lot of ways you can you know you can uh, you can teach. Let's put it that way. Um, you know whether whether it's video or or statistics, analytics, say. Using examples, I mean, there's, there's there's a ton of ways to do that, but I think obviously the most effective is is direct, um, you know. And, and I think maybe sometimes we we get lost in in having so much technology and and, and doing everything indirectly, whether it's texts or 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 uh, emails or uh, you know what have you. I think the most important thing is direct communication because with direct communication, normally you got clarity, and I think that's the 
that's a whole key and in, in, in making sure that everybody's on the same page with expectations. Coach, I think uh, your reputation around these parts speaks for itself. Uh, it's been a pleasure uh, having you around for these last couple of years and all the best with the new venture in Toronto. I really appreciate it. I'm going to miss it. Thank you. Uh, there is uh, Michael Dick joining us uh, here on the morning show, uh, Vancouver Giants coach for the last uh, five years and now heading to be an associate coach with the Toronto Marlies. Coach some great talent, coach them up um, over the years. You look at some of the players that are now at the, the pro level, whether it's the NHL or the HL, but a couple of those moments, the first year, they go to the, the final, right? That, that special team that looked like they were going to take it all. They were one goal away from the Memorial Cup. And then a couple of years ago against Everett, the biggest upset in WHL history. Uh, credit to the players, but you also have to coach them up. You have to, yeah. as the low seed, that motivation has to come from somewhere. That that coaching, you have to, you know, the X's and O's mattered in that series. It was not uh, specifically just a, a level of want that got the job done. And a credit to Michael Dick and, and the job that he did in Vancouver for the last five years. Yeah, it speaks, uh, you know, his uh, inclusion on some of the uh, World Junior coaching staffs these last couple of years sort of speaks to the reputation he built for himself, not just with the Vancouver Giants, but his longtime coaching around Western Canada uh, over these number of years. And um, wish him all the best. Uh, he's been uh, good to have around and uh, certainly uh, is uh, going to be a quality addition to the Toronto organization there with the Marlies. It's, um, you know, it's, it's a part of the Canucks current organizational ethos that they want to be better at development one of the first things Jim Rutherford mentioned about taking over this team as president of hockey ops was we've got to fix Abbotsford and we've got to make sure Abbotsford is a quality organization we've got to be better at developing players last year was the start of that you know not only did Abbotsford have some level of success but you sort of saw the elements of development starting to take place, right? Nils Oman, although he didn't play a ton with Abbotsford, had to go down for that short stint midseason and came back a better player for it by the end of the year. We saw the gains that Vasily Podkolzin made in his time with Abbotsford last year. There is hope that Nils Hoaglander takes a step after spending a majority of his season with the Abbotsford Canucks. It was and has been a completely different narrative of the marriage between the AHL team and the NHL team in Vancouver since the new front office took, took over. No, most definitely. And I think if you start looking at some of those younger players, they're the ones you, you'll want to focus on because you know, Nils Oman – when he was signed, it was kind of a, all right, it's worth a shot. Not really sure what this guy is. Yep. He was passed over by a team. He can't be that great. Well, if you invest time and effort into this guy, give him the opportunity, he turned into an option. I'm not saying he's the answer, but at the very least, he's going to be your fourth line center. And you need that level of competition within a team to get the best out of other players, younger players. If you want to make the lineup, you're going to have to make sure that you outplay this guy. Yeah, And that's not the only thing, you know, you mentioned Pod Colson, you mentioned Ho uh, Hoglander as well, but I look at another individual that was a fixture on the team last year. And I know he's older, but Sheldon Drys is an example of, if you build, you know, a competitive atmosphere where there is players at the AHL level that 
have maybe bounced around a little bit. Maybe they've been career AHLers, but if you put them in the right situation to be leaders on that AHL team and you give them an opportunity at the NHL level, they might stick. And this is a guy that scored, what, 35 goals in the AHL in the first year in Abbotsford, was given a look, and with Bruce Boudreaux, I remember asking Boudreaux about uh, drives once, and you could tell he was saying, yeah, you know, he's playing well, but you got to do a lot more than spot duty to, to make it in the NHL. Yeah. And so that was a, a challenge for him. But later on in the year, with Rick Tockett, there's, there's at least, you know, that floor is being raised a little bit to say, if you are going to make it to the NHL, if you're going to stick, you have to do certain things in the AHL. You have to build this culture, this standard. And there's an expectation with the organization now. It's not like some hinterland Utica where you kind of disappear on the other side of the continent. You yeah. never heard from again. No, there's a, you're down, you know, highway one, you can make it to this team as long as you meet that standard. And that has changed here in the last two years. Well, even somebody like uh, Guillaume Brisebois, like showed yep. up last year and gave credible minutes. Noah Juleson. Uh, Noah Juleson as well seemed to finally find his footing. And, you know, Juleson's not a throwaway. He's not, uh, the guy was a first round draft pick, right? And and had some some tough circumstances there through some big development years that saw his career plateau and maybe he's finding himself a little bit more Uh, now I'm not expecting him to play a massive role for the Canucks this year but look having the ability to grow a player into a third pair role rather than you know having to go out and sign that player for a third pair role could be the difference between saving a million or a million and a half bucks on your salary cap. That and during the season, you're going to have moments where there will be injuries where your depth is going to be tested. And you want to be in a situation where your team is, if a player like a Juleson or another you know, winger or a center is called up, that if they have to, especially from a defensive perspective, if they have to play 15 to 16, maybe 17 minutes, can they stay afloat? Yeah. That's really what the standard is, where even Vegas, a team like Vegas, and I know you know former Vancouver Canuck Ben Hutton, when Petroangelo was injured, what happened? Hutton had to jump in a couple of games. Yeah. And guess what? Played pretty well. Like, they didn't necessarily lose games because of their third-pair defenseman was getting absolutely shredded when he was on the ice. That's the goal. You have enough NHL depth where – if you are facing injuries or suspension or whatever it may be, you can deal with it. Having enough players on the high end is what's going to win you the championship. But what can lose you championships or a playoff spot is not having enough depth. And that's where just having these guys at the AHL level that can do the job for 15 to 16 minutes a game, especially on the back end, that's one of the actually, I think, the more positive things in the last year from this organization is we were talking about do you have enough options on the back end? And they did a lot of, you know, Tetris this summer with Susie coming in and Ian Cole, and you see all of that moving out OEL. But even beyond that, just adding organizational depth at that position has been big for this for this team. I would say, you know, the development process has really taken a, a turn for the better with the Vancouver Canucks. Ultimately, though, one thing that is going to make or break these next few years for the Vancouver Canucks, can they develop an impact player? And I don't just mean Lekker or Mackey or Willander 
their first round selections of the last two years, can they develop in the lineup? You know, is that one of these undrafteds, you know, is it an Arshdeep Baines or a Tristan Nielsen? Can one of those, like, you know, can one of those guys be an Alex Burroughs type that really helped the 2011 team get over the top and be quite credibly the best team in the league that was just ever so close to winning a Stanley Cup? One of the best teams to not win a cup of the cap era. You know, who can be that player? I don't know if I see the talent in any of those guys right now, but who saw that talent in Alex Burroughs in the mid 2000s, right? There is got to be that sort of an element where you develop somebody out of nowhere to become a pretty big star for your team. That is almost something that is universal on Stanley Cup winning rosters that you get an unlikely to become a pretty damn important player, a pretty damn important part to your Stanley Cup winning team. And that, I think that personality, that really the DNA of a player, uh, you mentioned Burroughs there. That's a good example, right? Work ethic through the roof yep. and worked his way up. And what is something that this organization... And what does everybody talk about with Alex Burroughs, especially now that he's a coach? His hockey IQ hockey through the IQ, roof. Hockey IQ, right? Through the roof. And what are the two words that this organization has been saying a lot the last two months, or definitely a month? Character and hockey IQ. Yep. And that's the MO where... Are you a player that you might not be the most skilled individual like Elias Pettersson, yeah. but as a complementary player, can you play on the top line if we ask you? Can you play on the fourth line? Do you have you know, elements of similar to what we saw with the Vegas Golden Knights? And I know we focus on Ivan Barbashev as that guy where he's got the hard skill that if you threw him on a third line, like in his days in St. Louis... He won a cup there. He was very, very effective as a 60-point player, moved up and down the lineup. But even further down that lineup, you know, Brett Howden was a, a guy that played in New York. Didn't really do much of anything there. Had started off in, in Tampa Bay. Yeah. But comes to Vegas, and he's playing on the line with Chandler Stevenson and Mark Stone in moments. And once oh, again... Who was Chandler Stevenson when, when Vegas acquired him? Another player, right? Where you're the ability to move up and down a lineup and having the smarts, having the ability to play with skilled players. So that personality, that DNA you're talking about, that hockey IQ and character, the idea is not everyone's going to hit, but can you find that one or two players that yeah. that is not afraid to go to the dirty airs, that can play in all situations, but is smart on the ice. And that's one of the things you hear about Archie Baines. You watch him play, sure, he's not going to have the blinding speed of a lot of guys. He's not going to have uh, maybe the... The Elias, or sorry, Elias Pettersson kind of vibes of the flash and dash. Same with Tristan Nielsen. But are they, are they forcing the issue? Are they doing the smart things on the ice? And that's what this organization's really tried to do in the last, I want to say, two months especially. It's uh, the morning show. It's Dan Richo and Randy Chand. I want to leave a lot of time for your mail it in Friday questions. Keep those coming in, 650-650 on the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox also it's a what we learned segment coming up so we'll get to your questions we'll get to some what we learned submissions as well there is a ton to finish off the week here on the morning show with dan Richo and randeep janda on sportsnet 
segment here on the morning show. It's Dan Richo and Randy Janda. Here with producer Elon Chark as well. Lena Satagian setting up the lineup for today's show. It's been a solid week here on the morning show. And now that we're at Friday, I feel like I've finally gotten used to the morning a little bit, you know. It's always tough early in the week. Like Monday, you're running on adrenaline. Tuesday was the morning you guys were all yelling at me, being like, you were low energy. You're barely a week. Yeah, no, you, you were rough. <laughs> the start of the show. Yeah. I think I got better as the week went on. And today's been, I feel, my strongest show. So. I think so. I think so. You agree? Yeah, it was a low okay. bar, but absolutely. You're, you've done a, a very good job today. <laughs> no, it, it's been fun. I usually do not get up at like 3.45 a.m. It's yeah. been nice. I might, I might join the 5 a.m. club after this. Actually? The morning show might have changed my life. Yeah. I'm calling cap on that. That's not <laughs> happening. Let's check back in a week or two, guys. You think uh, Randeep's going to be doing the, the grouse grind at 5.30? No, no I would, hey, I said, I said get up. I didn't say do any physical activity. There's the a Mark huge... Wahlberg 5 a.m. plan. You'll be in the gym. <laughs> oh, yeah. We'll see him after the summer just shredded. Yeah, we'll see about that. We'll see about that. <laughs> that could be like a segment on Halford and Bruff. Yeah. Call Randy just to see if he's awake. Yeah, just to see. <laughs> we'll find out. Probably not. Mm. Uh, by the way, it uh, just happened. Novak Djokovic on his way to the Wimbledon final. Man's a machine. Going to try and uh, equal Roger Federer's record of eight titles at the All England Club. This would be his fifth straight as well. Yeah. It was like, like <laughs> he's won more consecutive matches. <laughs> uh <laughs> In the last five years at Wimbledon, then I mean, he's his winning streak at Wimbledon is longer than uh, the Edmonton Elks losing streak oh, yeah. at home. <laughs> he's the he's the reverse Elks, basically. Yeah. That's what he's doing. The reverse Elks. Um, now the question is, who does he play? Alcaraz plays right after this. Yeah, and that's the final that everybody wants to see. Yep. But Daniil Medvedev might have something to say about that. Could be a good final either way, as long as you got uh, Joker. In it, of course. Uh, all right. So final segment, what we're going to do is uh, a few um, mail it in Fridays. So we are uh, separating ourselves from ask us anything just a little bit. Mail it in Friday here on uh, the morning show. If you have any questions for us, send them through 650-650 on the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox. Here's a great question to kick okay. it off. Peter and Cloverdale coming in with, boys, will you be at the Nations Cup in Richmond this weekend? Dan, have you experienced it yet? Should be a great weekend of soccer. So I will be swinging by the Nations Cup this weekend. I love that tournament. Have some friends playing on Team Canada, Team India. Um, full weekend of soccer. Reach, have you been to the Nations Cup yet? I hear it's uh, the best amateur-level soccer tournament in all of Western Canada. Is that true? It is. Yeah, the level of play, like over thirties, well, like you know, washed guys like us, uh, we're actually washed. These guys can play. <laughs> Shout out to my guy uh, Sukrai, who's uh, one of those players. But yeah, if you have a chance, yeah. let me know. I'm going to be going anyways, but definitely worth checking out the Nations Cup. Uh, I have not been to a Nations Cup event. Maybe it, Sunday is Sunday the final. Is there a final? Sunday outside? is the final. Maybe I'll uh, I'll find my way over. There we go. Uh, come Sunday afternoon. Um, <laughs> I just learned that puck, that doing puck doku is insane using only goalies when possible. I think that's, uh, that's Balak's file. 
Yeah, that's also impossible, though. Is it? Is not? it? I don't know. There's a lot of goalies, man. There's a goalie carousel for essentially every team. Yeah. So it could be possible. Probably difficult, but maybe possible. We'd have to. I'm ask not even uh, trying that, man. This puck doku on its own is difficult enough right now. We'd have to ask Laddie that question. Uh, keep those questions in. We'll mix those in as we also start with what we learned. And it's brought to you by the Get Fire Plan. Protect what matters most with comprehensive fire safety plans, monthly audits, and risk mitigation of $200 off. Visit GetFirePlan.com. Oh, my God! We're having a fire plan! <laughs> yeah, it's uh, what we learned here on the morning show. Let's get it started with uh, a couple of thoughts. Uh, Lionel Messi is the everyman and is a sneaky Lucky Charms fan. I've always been a Lionel Messi fan. Yeah. But when I saw that family size Lucky Charms box in his <laughs> cart, I was like, this man is the goat, my goat. Like, that was it. Yeah. He's my one of my favorite athletes now. Now that I know his cereal taste is similar to mine. I want to know what else was in that in that grocery cart. Because you can only notice like the, the two big boxes of cereal. Yeah. <laughs> it's like they're living in the nineties. They're just like they never got out of cereal being the breakfast of choice. Can you imagine that's Lionel Messi's uh, like off season in his eyes? <laughs> like <laughs> nutrition, just a bunch of sugar. Wouldn't that be so frustrating? This guy's like the greatest soccer player to ever play, and he's just like Nutrition is just like whatever. I, I can't imagine that's what, what it is. You know, the European soccer fans are looking at them saying, oh, he's mailing it in. Yeah. He's going to MLS. He's eating all the sugar in the world now. He doesn't care. I, f I feel like radio shows in Miami are probably like, can you believe this guy comes over to enter Miami, collected a paycheck, supposed to make us be better than the, the last place team in the league, and now he's, he's having lucky charms? He's eating a prima pasta? <laughs> why, why does the guy in Miami have a New York accent? Because, you know, he, he moved from New York. He's a, he was a retiree, okay. <laughs> Didn't realize there's such layers to your uh, your hypothetical situation. Uh, what else did we learn? All right, we learned that Philip Rivers and his misses do not have an endgame here. They're just going to keep on cranking out the kids. Can he? Uh, he he they, can roster an offense. At they're this expecting point. their tenth child. That was announced yesterday. They got a full, full team almost. Yeah, getting there. He's more elusive than Mike Vick was with Sackers. He's running away from the <laughs> Doctor Pollock at this point. He's avoiding that vasectomy like crazy, man. I am. Uh, I'm more impressed with his wife birthing ch ten children than anything Philip Rivers did in his entire NFL career. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna. I had a bad joke in mind. I'm gonna. I'm gonna refrain from it. I don't want to sign off the morning show with that sort of. Uh, That's content. impressive, man. Ten children. It's impressive for her. I don't know. Like shouts Phillip. to the Riverses. Yeah, I think misses here. The misses is the, the misses real MVP. Very Phil, impressive. Phil Rivers, really. Uh, we, we know <laughs> his involvement is much less here. <laughs> Leaf hater Steve taking shots at. Halbro in the morning. I've learned that morning sports radio is so much better without Halford and Bruff. Ooh. Taking shots. They're still on in the morning, though, from 9 to noon. On the West Coast. spot. And uh, they'll also be back in in this slot next week, Leaf Hater Steve. And we know you'll be listening anyways. So uh, what we learned, keep them coming in on 
the 650 650 Dunbar Lumber text message inbox. Maybe Messi's normal breakfast is Lucky Charms. They are magically delicious. That's from Dan. <laughs> Might be, man. It's a, the secret behind that. And well, also, what was the most common thing used by Ray Hudson to describe Lionel Messi? Oh, magic! Yeah, he also had like <laughs> orgasmic in one of them as well. That, that's more of a Philip Rivers description, yes. actually. Now that we're talking There's about otherworldly. All right, we got, um, what else we learned here? We learned that the Canadian basketball program does not need Andrew Wiggins. Mm. We're past that point. Remember when we used to talk about Andrew Wiggins, Maple Jordan, this program will go nowhere without Wiggins' involvement? Yep. Yeah, that ain't the case. They don't need him. So much better now. Um, mine are Matt and Abbotsford with a uh, mail it in Friday. Rach, you said that before getting into radio, you were training to become an actor. What roles did you audition for, and what were your takeaways from the process? It's a very technical acting question here. All right. Uh, I, I didn't actually make it through school. I dropped out. So <laughs> I dropped out and was like, you know what? I think I'm better suited for radio than I was acting. And how do you regret that now? <sighs> I don't know. At least I'm, I'm getting a paycheck regularly from the decision I made. Which, I don't know if that would have been the case. I don't support this, though, but the timing is interesting. If you wanted to get back in acting, now would be the time. Now would be the time because when everybody's on strike. strike. Yeah. Remember the, uh, remember the replacements? Yes. You would be one of them right now. I'm just going to start doing skits on TikTok until I get uh, an offer to do a movie of some kind. I'd love to watch those. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, no, I never actually uh, auditioned for anything. I, di- I auditioned to get into acting school which was very interesting um the one i got into you go in you have like this whole uh audition prepared and then they're like they want you to start improving and i remember it was something stupid it was just like uh all right uh pretend you're doing a comedy show while at the same time you are playing in a tennis match (laughs) And it was that moment you said, I'm done. <laughs> I'm finished. And I was like, do I really want to do do this? Are you sure about that? Are you sure about that? The guy next to Reach looks at him. He's like, welcome to the show. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Rookie. Uh, we got this question. Mail it in Friday. Yeah. What is an appropriate cash gift for a wedding? Uh, this is actually a, a really important question for me because one of our friends, former Sportsnet 650 uh Employee, producer of Hockey Night in Canada, Punjabi Raja Shergill. Yeah. He's getting married next week. Next week? Yeah. So not this coming weekend, the weekend after. Wow. Raja, my invite, I guess, is still in the mail. Unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to give him a cash gift. If that's the case. No booster for Raja. No. Uh, but for okay. me, I'm emceeing his reception. Oh, wow. So I feel like he's not paying me. I don't have to give him a cash gift to him. <laughs> that's the payment? It's like... I'm I'm doing work at your wedding. No booster. This no, I, is my gift. I'll give him something, but since I am emceeing, what was what's the appropriate gift? Yeah. Like if if the person is close to you, mm-hmm. then I think you got to splurge a little bit, right? Yeah. What are we what are we talking about? Like what's the uh, the going rate with inflation, expensive food? I was uh, the best man at a wedding last summer, and I gave the same gift. They gave to me at my wedding. Oh, you played that game. You played the. Okay. 
All right. All right. Roger, you're not getting $1,000. I'm calling <laughs> you on here right now. The Italians are different, I guess. Yeah. Italian, it's pretty you know, expensive, but... No, a good, you guys for the have people a, you love, for the people you love. Yeah, it, sure. It, it is what it is. I'm really reconsidering how much I love my family now <laughs> after after hearing that thousand dollar price tag. Should I have revealed the Busta uh, situation on uh, on sports? No, no, no. That's great. That's great. I'm never going to an Italian wedding because that sounds expensive. Well, I was the best man, okay, so fair enough. But generally, so generally, if you're going to a wedding, the calculation is. Kind of like, well, I know people, uh, and I've seen it happen at weddings, because my dad was a wedding photographer, so we would go to weddings all the time. Sure. There is a segment of people that will not give their card at the start of the wedding at the reception line or whatever. Yeah. And they'll wait, and they'll keep, like, a blank check with them. Really? And then they'll get through dinner and be like, was this dinner worth, or what was this dinner worth to me? And then they'll decide and they'll fill out the check. So it's not necessarily about the relationship. It's yes. about, man, this plate was like a a $75 per person. They didn't invest enough in this. <laughs> like, whatever, right? Like, you're making that judgment call while you're eating yes. the appies. Yes. That is ruthless. I know. Yeah, that's it's pretty rough out there, man. All right. But generally, I- the calculation is, like, what do you think? Uh, how much are, are they paying per head at this place? And then, you know, you try to gauge it, and then floor, you're at least giving that. So, yeah, you're, you're helping them hit that number, and then beyond that, it's, it's gravy of whatever the yeah, relationship Beyond is. that is, like, uh, how, how close are you to okay. this person? I like Raja, so I'll actually, uh, yeah. I think I'll, I'll give him a decent amount. But not, not a G. No way in hell, Raja. <laughs> Keeping it going with uh, Mail It In Friday. This one's linked. What yep. is the appropriate amount of alcohol for an MC to have? <laughs> I swear I did not text that to myself. I don't know. At what point are your MC duties done? Are you going all night? Are you staying through most of the reception? And then you get to join the party afterwards? I feel like you have to have one before. Kind of takes the edge off, right? Like, <laughs> I mean, like you're, yeah. you're kind of feeling it. If you drink, if you're a lightweight, then I suggest not even one. But... It's good to have one, just kind of like, yeah, a little, you're a little loose. Uh, this mail it in uh, a, a rebuttal to Leaf Hater Steve from earlier. Halbro are the best duo in town. They're you a couple got, of good dudes. You guys can fight in the uh, Texan box. Yes. We'll read them all. Uh, this one, Justin in East Van came up earlier. I'm glad he sent it. Mail it in Friday. What is the worst tourist trap in Vancouver? It's got to be the steam clock. Yeah, that, that thing is pointless. That's what I was thinking. Every time I walk by Gastown, there's like... Yeah, a huge crowd. I, I've lived here my whole life. I don't get it. There's a lineup for a picture with the steam clock. Every city has something like that. Yeah, but it doesn't mean you have to go there as a tourist. Like of all the things, like of all the gorgeous areas of this city, that's the thing that that you're like Instagramming. Like I took a picture with the steam clock. Yeah, I would say okay. Go to that- Science World. I don't know. Take a picture with a the sphere. Yeah, sure. It looks like it's something from the 80s, which it yeah. is. But, like, uh, <laughs> that one for sure. But if I had to say, like, second place. So, uh, at, at least the steam clock is free. Yes. The Capilano Suspension Bridge. I understand it's an impressive bridge. Yes. Sure. But the price tag. <laughs> you got to pay, like, 60 bucks or something to go on a bridge, really man. that much these days? Yeah, something like that. I think that it comes with some extra perks. Does it? But... I don't know exactly what those are. It is quite expensive. 
Steam uh, Clock gets the win. Honorable mention to the Capilano suspension bridge. Especially when you could go to Lynn Valley and there's a suspension bridge for free. Or you just got to pay for parking. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, what's the big difference between the Capilano suspension bridge and the Lynn Valley suspension bridge? Unless the Capilano suspension bridge is a sponsor, then we wholeheartedly approve of going to that. So we'll get back to you on that. But I don't think they are. <laughs> just got to protect ourselves, Reach. <laughs> Uh, mail it in Friday from Tyler. Do you think you could survive a beer mile in under 10 minutes? Uh, Canadian Corey Belmore won the 2023 beer mile world classic after losing one shoe with a time of four minutes and 30 seconds, missing the record of 428. beer requires the competitors to drink a beer prior to running 400 meters. They must do this four times. So that's the beer mile. Could I complete the beer mile in under 10 minutes? Um, hell to the no. <laughs> no, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to, and I, I don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to. Why would, I, why would you ruin four beers like that? Mm. It just takes... The, you drink, if you're a drinker, yeah. to enjoy yeah. said beverage, right? Um... Would you not in, like? Yeah, I don't. I don't like this competition. I don't want to run after chugging a beer. Am I wrong on that? No, man. Like the beer is generally like it. For me, at least, it's a reward after some form of <laughs> uh, some form of exercise, right? Like yeah. after a hawk after a beer league game. What am I having after a game? Open up a cold one. Uh, if I do the grouse grind, maybe I'll stop and have. A beer after I finish the grouse grind. It's a reward, yeah. Yeah. I'm not doing it in between no, no, running no, no, no. 400 meters and at a time. On top of that, like beer is not the drink, and that's why the beer mile exists. It's not the drink while you do, you know, it's just four of those, you're yeah. full. It's it's not an enjoyable experience. However, if it was a like a take a shot every 400 meters, mm -hmm. I might actually do that. I think that's more of an enjoyable experience. And you're not filling up, right? Like, it's you slam a shot and you start running. I'd do that. I don't know if that thing exists, though. I just made it up. Uh, Tony and Van Reach, they are taking auditions for twins. Looking for DeVito. Randeep can play Arnold. <laughs> All right, I got to hit the gym if I'm going to be Arnold in his prime. <laughs> 5 a.m. club. 5 a.m. club. I'm ready. Uh, all right, we got this one. Yeah. Where are you four? Uh, there's not four of us here, but there's three of us. I think there's four of us now behind the scenes. Um, where are you guys Andy's going for there. your summer holidays? I'm all checked out, ready for my trip, Saratoga Beach, uh, leaving tomorrow for a week of camping. That's it. Dave from Victoria. Uh, I don't, where is Saratoga Beach? I don't know. I'm not going there, though. But Black Creek is in BC as well. Yes. <laughs> so, local camping vacation. Sounds, still sounds still awesome. sort of learning around uh, the finer parts of BC. I am uh, I'm heading to, actually, oh, on a similar... I'm not going camping. I'm not a camper. But... I'll be going on a little road trip to Alberta in a couple weeks. Okay. And then, as we were talking to Vanny Sartini in the last hour, going to Italy. Somebody's going to Firenze. I'm going to Florence, going to Rome, and I'm going to check out some F1 at Monza to end off the trip. Monza. So, looking forward to that. Uh, Monza. So, you're going to take the train to Monza from Milan? Are you staying in Milan or are you staying in... I'm staying in uh, Milan. Mm. So, it's about a 45-minute train. Yeah. So, why... Why stay in Monza? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if there's much to do yeah, in, I don't in think Monza. So. 
to be quite honest with you. Man, Milan, incredible city. Um, I'm very jealous that you are going to Milan. I much prefer Milan over Rome, okay. especially in August. Yeah, I'm only in Rome for a couple of days. Yeah. Um, Firenze, I've never been. It's great. Probably my favorite city in Italy. But we'll see. Oh. We'll see. What, what do you got planned? You have? Are you keeping a local? You I am. Uh, I am going to because we can't really vacation too much during the hockey season, and I really want a very relaxing, do nothing, and have my martinis served to me or margaritas served to me. Uh, I'm going to go to all inclusive in Mexico. Very nice. In August. Very nice. Going Which down might, to uh, yeah. yeah. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Where are you uh, going, Going Elon? down to uh, Seattle in a couple weeks for the Jays series. Nice. Very nice. Very always nice. a good one. And then a couple trips to Kelowna and Whistler, staying local. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Uh, the Seattle Jays game, it's coming uh, not this weekend. Is it next weekend? I guess it's next weekend. Yeah, the 21st, 22nd, 23rd. Yeah. Always a good time. Which also, side note, the Taylor Swift concert is also that weekend. At, so uh, Seattle's going to be crazy. At CenturyLink? Yes. Wow. It's usually a zoo to begin with when the Blue Jays roll into town. But a Taylor Swift con? Yeah, then you concert? got the Swifties rolling in too. <laughs> Wild bunch. Um, what I learned, this is from Bob. You two guys are goofs. Thanks, Bob. Thanks, Bob. <laughs> we love you too. What we learned... The Edmonton Elks haven't won a game at home in four years. <laughs> so Chris Jones, the head coach, he's 4-20 and 20 as their head coach. <laughs> when is the time to fire the guy? Hey, let it play out. It's too soon. All right, give him give a him chance. A, give him another 10 games just to see how it goes. He could turn this around. 4-20. and 20. G-Roy Simon's also the GM. Yeah. Yeah, that sucks. Mm. Poor G-Roy. Is tanking a thing in CFL? No, there's... <laughs> they could win, like, three games and have great playoff chances, all right? Yeah. That's, how this, that's how this league works at times. Uh, this text, I run a beer mile for a fantasy football punishment. It took me 11 and a half minutes, and I hated myself afterwards. I could see that. Uh, I could definitely see that. Oh, yeah. It's actually a good punishment for being, like, last in your fantasy football league. Yeah, no, don't give my league any ideas. Come on. My team has sucked for the last three years. Uh, we got this clarification. Saratoga is in Campbell River. Okay. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you very texture. much. Uh, still learning. Uh, also, uh, another clarification on the Capilano Suspension Bridge. It's a great tourist uh, attraction because once you pay for it, you get to use it all year. Ooh, okay. that's. But if you're just here for a week. Like if you're taking yeah. family that's in town for the week. Yep. Then that's a lot of money for a one-time use. I guess then you get to use yours for the rest of the year. Yeah, well, how many times are you going to go see a bridge? When they do the lights in uh, Christmas <laughs> ah, fair. fair. You know what? Okay, that's not bad. Uh, it's been brilliant this week. Thanks to Lena and Elon for uh, keeping us on the air all week long. Halford and Brough for next on Sportsnet 650.